When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Book Riot's annual reading challenge is back. Once again, Read Harder 2021 has 24 tasks designed to help you break out of your reading bubble and expand your worldview through books. With new genres, new authors, and new points of view, the challenge will hopefully help you discover amazing books that you wouldn't have picked up otherwise. Read romance by trans or non-binary authors, non-European books in translation, middle grade mysteries, and more in this year's challenge. Go to bookriot.com slash readharder to get the full challenge task list and to check out the prizing for those who complete the challenge. Once again, that's bookriot.com slash readharder. Hello and welcome back to When in Romance, where we love to talk about romance novels, romance landia, and all things related. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. Hi, Jess. Hi, Trisha. We're recording on Thursday, January 21st, and this is episode 75. And I have to toss in an aside that I am really happy that when I updated my um, computer software, Whatever it did now allows me to see what the date is all the time, which it didn't before. And and now I can always just look at the corner to see what the date is. So what you're saying is that you have been guessing for three years. That's why sometimes it's a little slow to come. (laughs) I mean, I figured you just couldn't find that icon. That's usually the case for me. So I'm impressed. Yeah, I guess I, don't, I guess I told it not to for some reason. I don't know. I like knowing what day it is. <laughs> well, yeah, especially these days. It's, it's, it's for some of us, many of us, I think, Jess, it's particularly nice to know that it's January 21st. Yes. 2021. <laughs> yes. So, so you picked the exact right time to start updating your computer. <sighs> I don't think I let you say all the things. Did I let you say all the things about who we are and when we are? And I think I made it through. Episode 75. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> Sounds great. Excellent intro. <laughs> As always, for 75 episodes, I interrupt you halfway through and don't let you finish. So I guess it's nice to know that some things remain the same. Always. <laughs> and we are going to celebrate, actually, our we mentioned our third anniversary um, in our last episode, but I was looking it up earlier and our actual first episode was January 29th, 2018. So this is actually a little bit closer to our actual three-year anniversary, which we'll get to in a minute, but we did want to do a little bit of follow-up first. Mm -hmm. We talked about Bridgerton in our last episode, and so I guess if you don't want to be a little bit spoiled, maybe skip ahead a bit. But the main thing that I wanted to say to folks who are listening to this show is that, and she did not prompt me to say this in any way, shape, or form, (laughs) but Jess wrote one of, I think, the best posts that I've ever read on Book Riot about Bridgerton and about the Black casting choices and about Black trauma in Bridgerton a couple of weeks ago. And we will definitely link to that in the show notes. But it really helped me as a person who is not Black and is, in fact, is, is very, very white 
to think differently about the show and about the perspectives and about what this kind of casting that was so celebrated at the time of the announcements about being, you know, multiracial, what that act, what the next layer of that is kind of, and what the next level of, of that is, and that it maybe isn't something to be just celebrated on its face. And I hope I'm not misrepresenting what you said, Jess. I probably am, but I will direct people to the post. I don't know if you want to say anything additional about it. Um, no, that was a, a, a good rundown. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I, I have to say that while I had had some of that kind of already rolling in, in text before, having you help me talk it out last time around really sealed some of my thoughts on it. So thank you for the dress rehearsal in my thoughts on uh, the Black characterization and trauma in Bridgerton. I appreciate it. Listen, I will always help you think through your brilliance because I will be a part of that in any way that I can. I will also say, I think one of the things that I noticed, you know, um, I mentioned on the last episode that there was a whole insurrection. I ended up watching CNN instead of finishing the the season. I did finish the season the day after we recorded. And I do, one thing that I will note as someone who is six episodes in and not eight episodes in is that I do think you know, we talk about the sexual assault scene a little bit. One of the things that I found upsetting that I think you had gotten to before, Jess, that I hadn't is that there's no, there's no apology. Mm -hmm. There's no sort of addressing of the fact that that happens. And I think that made it harder for me. And I, again, I think you got there already, but I think that made it harder for me to get on board with the HEA a little bit, right? Like, I talked a little bit about some of the contextual factors that made me at the time sort of be able to think around the fact that these are two people that might be able to overcome this mm-hmm. and get past it. And the fact that there was no addressing of it or mention of it or apology for it mm-hmm. did make that harder. So I guess that's my follow up. I don't know if you have anything else to say about Bridgerton, but if not, I will just link to your brilliant article. I will tell everyone if you are listening to this podcast, just pause it, click in the show notes. Read Jess's article. We'll still be here when you come back. And that will be great. That would be great. I, I appreciate it. All eyes on it. I think that's that's enough for now, because I, I probably have some other thoughts about that element of their relationship, but I don't have them quite thought out. And we don't have time for that today. <laughs> yeah, we can always revisit it a little way, a little ways down the road. And there's nothing we've never done that before. Maybe it's time. Maybe we do a a second a second version of it in a little while. But for now, before we get into our, our third anniversary celebration, maybe we do an ad spot. Yes, let's and let's thank Book Riot for sponsoring their podcast. Did you know Book Riot has over 25 newsletters covering every genre as well as book news and deals? Sign up for book deals to get notified about the best book sales of the day, handpicked by our editorial staff. There's also Today in Books, our daily newsletter summing up the most interesting headlines from the book world every day. You can get the Riot Rundown, which is our roundup of new content going up on the bookriot.com site every day, and our new books newsletter, That compiles a list of the week's most exciting new releases and comes to you every Tuesday. We've also got newsletters for horror fans, romance readers, wink wink, YA lovers, mystery and thriller aficionados, and more. 
Just go to bookriot.com slash newsletters to sign up for the newsletters that are most interesting to you. That's bookriot.com slash newsletters. Hooray. All right. Well, we had, like I said, we mentioned our anniversary last time. We decided, you know, in this age of maybe finding things to celebrate, why not do a little celebration? So our initial plan was to talk about, because it's our third anniversary, three things that we have each loved over the last three years. I think we each came up with like six <laughs> uh, or eight or 10. We just really like the podcast. We do. So we, we like getting to do this. It's a lot of fun. It is. So what we're going to do is hopefully talk about three, but I think... Unless this is, if this is your first episode, welcome. We're so happy to have you. It's a very fun place to be. If it's not your first episode, it probably will not surprise you that we will cover anywhere between one and 15 things. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, Jess, I am going to let you start. What of, of over the last three years, and cheers to that, cheers to all of you who've been listening. What What is one of your favorite things that has happened on this podcast? I have to say that the Win and Romance Book Club, Long, long May She Reign, whenever she comes back, um, has been yeah. one, one of the things that I have loved doing. And I know that we um, didn't really keep to a schedule for that, which is fine, because who needs those? Um, but the ones that we've had have been great. It's been great to actually like hear from people and have this kind of odd kind of conversation with our listeners, where Trisha and I do most of the talking, but we still get to hear from you. And we get to kind of weirdly converse with you across the waves about a book. So those have been fun. And I, I hope that we figure out a way to bring them back again. Agreed. And if anyone has an idea, I I think we're due. So, and I, we, I know we've been saying that for a while, but <laughs> if anyone has an idea for what book club they want to do next, one that we kind of talked about, um, kind of poked around about is uh, Indigo by Beverly Jenkins, mm -hmm. which is a book that I still think they should teach in schools because it's so great. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we don't have to do that one if folks are excited about a book coming out this year, which, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about more of those in a little bit. Let us know because... I'm with you, Jess. We should bring her back. It's time. I will say one of my favorite things, and I, I think one of yours as well, is the couple of occasions that we've gotten to record together at conventions. And you <laughs> pointed out that uh, one of the great bookish loves of my life, The Widow of Rose House, which we referred to multiple times as The Widow of Ghost House by Diana Biller, uh, is a book that we discovered at, I think it was still the rt convention at that time i don't think it had shifted over to the book lovers con yeah but it was always just fun to get to like experience books with you in a different way and then get to talk about them in person with you to and with everyone else in a different way and to get to meet other romance readers who probably met some of you at those conventions and we got to talk with authors and it's just a one of my favorite things about romance book conventions is that just everyone is so happy to be there. Yes. Right? Like people are just excited about it. And so although, you know, we, we have talked about issues with inclusion and diversity at some of those conventions, and obviously there have been issues with, you know, various organizations related to romance books. But I think by and large, a lot of the experiences that I had were really good and recording this podcast at those conventions 
about the widow of ghost house which <laughs> turns out was actually called the widow of rose house it's a book i own now in many forms was just kind of delightful so that was that was one of mine i think one of yours as well yes that was that was definitely a lot of fun to be able to do this in a room with you anywhere is is always great but to be like in that kind of environment where we're already kind of hyped up about all of the things we've heard about and all of the excitement that other people have expressed about things. It's a great energy to be in to record. Yeah, 100. That's exactly what it is, I think. Yeah. It's that like kind of feeding off of that sort of joy and delight about books and about this particular kind of book, for sure. What else you got? I gotta say, one of one of my favorite uh, conversations that we've had, and I think we might have had it a couple times, but it, I know that we started off with it was our sort of romance reader origin stories, because I love hearing them from everyone. And I love telling mine because it's like, yeah, I read over my mom's shoulder before I knew what most words were. And then she left them around and I picked them up. But not everybody has that story. So I love hearing about people like you who, you know, pick them up much later in life than some of us. Yeah, came late to the party. When, you know, you already have a concept of what adult relationships are like. Mm -hmm. For better or worse. <laughs> For better or worse. So yeah, I just, I, I loved having that conversation and hearing from people, probably mostly on Twitter, about what yours were as well, way back when. So that's just, that was a, a great thing that I was glad to be able to have a conversation about. Yeah, 1000% agree. And we definitely could talk more about those if folks would continue to want to share them with us. We'll talk about it at the end too. But if you want to send us a note at whenInRomance@bookriot.com, it's been a little while since we've had those conversations and there might be some new folks who are listening. So send them to us by all means. And we will... We can make a whole segment out of it if enough of you uh, send us a note and let us know how you came to love this genre. Absolutely. And kind of in the same vein as as kind of talking with people who love and think about romance, one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done, I always love getting to talk with guests and with people, you know, outside of, well, the two of us, although I also love just talking to two of us. But one of my favorite episodes and one that I return to a lot, actually, is the one that we did with Rebecca Weatherspoon. Mm -hmm. And I'll link to it, but we were talking about fluffy romance and we talked kind of about her book Rafe and how it – because it just took off, Jess. It was just like this yeah. phenomenon, I think, for a lot of the like bookish Twitter or romance Instagram or whatever. And people just found it really comforting. And I have returned to our list that we talked about, um, fluffy romances with Rebecca time and time again. And she's just so smart and insightful and just thinks about books and romance in a way that I think was really, really fascinating and, mm -hmm. and interesting to me. Like I said, we've had great conversations with everyone who has ever guested on this show. But that episode with Rebecca Weatherspoon in particular is probably the one that I have returned to more than anything else. So I'll make sure that I link to it in the show notes in case somehow y'all missed it. But yeah, it's just fun to get to like do something a little bit different with a show. And when you're talking with someone who is so smart and such a good writer mm -hmm. and has such a great handle on romance, you know, it's a it, it felt like a really unique opportunity. So I'm I'm grateful to have had it, and I'm grateful to get to return to it regularly. Absolutely, and talking about her covers was really interesting too. Like yes. since she 
mostly publishes um, independently. She has 100% say over what her covers look like. Yeah. So her just like talking about how she approached those from like way back doing So Sweet up to Rafe was was really interesting. You know, I have to go back and listen to that one now. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I mean, yeah, I'm not, I don't know that she would want to come back on the show, but she has now done, I think, a, f- a fair amount more traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. If the boot fits or, you know, her her sort of uh, California ranch series has been traditionally published. And, you know, it would be interesting to to hear kind of how her experience and her perspective, if it has shifted at all, how it maybe has shifted. Mm-hmm. She also did some really interesting stuff in that series with, like, perspective and adding a third person once in a while. Anyway, (laughs) maybe we'll see if she wants to come back ever. But in the meantime, I will link to that episode and then you can all just listen to it. It'll be great. All right. I think we're back to you. Okay. Well, this is a very generic thing, but doing recommendation requests um, or responding to them is one of my absolute favorite things because as a librarian, finding the thing that someone is looking for is sort of built into my body. And I, I, (laughs) once I'm set on that mission, I must do it. And I know that it's not just a librarian thing, but you know, give me my, uh, (laughs) my little thing. I mean, in fairness. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of a librarian thing. It's a librarian. Yeah. But like, I love being able to think about something that you're really looking for like the past the one that we just did this past december having some really thoughtful questions for people looking for books for themselves or for others where it was like there are specific things that you're looking for but specific things that you really can't read about or just don't want to read about like i'm thinking mostly about the one about fantasy without like sexual violence and yeah like having to do the work myself to make sure that I'm actually giving you what you are looking for. And it's just like, it's so gratifying to be able to do that. And I will say that it's even more gratifying to hear back, but I don't need that Mm -hmm. because I've already offered up (laughs) the thing that has made it so great, which is to actually find something that might even be close to what you're looking for. So I have really enjoyed working on those requests that come during our request season and that, you know, come through our email or on Twitter where you're just like, hey, I'm looking for this thing. What do you know about it? And just just randomly. So that is something that I have just really enjoyed doing and will continue to enjoy doing. I'm just saying, like, if you ever want anything (laughs) specific, just send us an email or shoot something to me or Trisha. Well, I'm offering up Trisha, like. <laughs> By all means. We've been doing this for three years, Jess. I think you know. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> On the interwebs and various other ways. So, yeah, that's that's a big thing for me. Yeah, that's been really big for me, too. And I think I don't have the librarian background that you do. And so I know that you are better at it. And you don't have to pretend like that's not true. I know that you are. Um, just because you you have sort of that intuition and that training and just that knowledge. And it's it's amazing to me. I have regularly gotten book recommendations from you, Jess. But I think for me, one of the things about it that makes it so meaningful is that oftentimes those requests are reflective of what these books mean to people Mm -hmm. and what they mean to their families or their communities or their friends. 
And I think that always really sticks with me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we had – um, and I apologize because I, I don't rem- remember names offhand, but we had one in that last round that someone was recommending something for – I think it was a sister, but it might have been a friend mm-hmm. that, you know, that person liked romance and the sister or friend liked sci-fi. And so they were sending – joint recommendations to both Book Riot podcasts mm-hmm. to like get the like it's just kind of a it's a fun way to experience things or I remember one from it wouldn't have been 2020 it would have been the holiday season 2019 where someone was looking for recommendations about romances related to infertility and miscarriage because mm-hmm. that had been their experience and a lot of romance does a disservice to people that have struggled with that because there's a miracle baby at the end mm-hmm. or whatever and that's not always the case and I remember thinking kind of while researching that one that it really is a hard thing to find and that's again it's a it's a really troubling blind spot in romance Mm -hmm. because people who you know are in that experience still can have a happy ever after and so you know it's just kind of kind of feeling that way that someone was trying to interact with a genre and wasn't finding what they were looking for also was it was kind of a less joyful aspect of it but it was really deeply personal and the fact that someone would trust us with that experience and and that struggle is really meaningful and so i'm 100 percent with you anytime folks are letting us know what they're looking for and what they can't find it just means a lot and the community that builds out of it like people i think with that particular request after we talked about it other other listeners were sending things in as well so like yeah just mm-hmm. the circle of life of, yes. of requesting recommendations like trisha and i obviously haven't read everything so you all send us recommendations when we're looking for something too and it's just it's always so great to get yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it's yeah it's kind of that being able to amplify those rec- requests to a larger community and yeah for sure i remember asking around a year or two ago for like sff recommendations and all of a sudden mm-hmm. within about 72 hours i had read an entire alone andrew series because <laughs> and everyone who wrote in was like just so you know this is very addictive you should set aside some time <laughs> and i did <laughs> and i was all the way through it so um yeah no so i'm with you that that has been really really fun I will also say, again, kind of speaking about discovering authors and making requests, although I don't even think I knew enough to make the request. Three years ago, when we started this podcast, I did not know the name Talia Hibbert. (laughs) I had never read anything by Talia Hibbert. I had never heard of her. And then Jess talked about her on our podcast, Something's Never Changed, (laughs) multiple times. And I was like, all right, fine. I will give this a try. And I went from having never heard of her to like writing up one of her books for the Book Riot Best of in 2020 because and converting multiple friends yes. and loved ones to the Talia Hibbert fandom. Mm-hmm. So that's been really fun for me is because I think we don't always read the same kinds of we, we read a lot of the same kinds of things, but we don't read all of the same kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And again, because you are so smart and so perceptive and a librarian. <laughs> which probably all of that is uh, saying the same thing over and over again. I've gotten to find a lot of books and authors that I wouldn't have read otherwise just by talking to you about them. So one of my best things about this podcast is discovering Dolly Hibbert. Same on the other side. Like, I think I was interested in Widow of Rose House, but it was your like absolute dedication to it after you read it that was like, well, I guess I should read this. So I mean... I don't think of myself as a stan, but, you know, <laughs> we get to that point. We get to that point. All right. Would you want to each do maybe like one more and then we'll we'll shift gears? 
Yeah, let's. I, I don't know. Are we back to me? <laughs> I think we are. Yes, because, well, it's it's hard because you recommended Talia Hibbert to me, so you were sort of responsible for that last one also. <laughs> Your fingerprints are all over this, Jess. They're just all over this whole thing. I do what I can. I gotta say, one of my favorite things to happen in the past three years has been winning the annual Win in Romance Trivia Award because I'm the only one competing. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I I don't know if we've done it once or twice, but we're due. We're definitely due to do it again. So hopefully, hopefully you can keep that streak going, Jess. I'm, I'm looking forward to keeping that uh that trophy, that non-existent trophy that I'm holding in my empty <laughs> hand. <laughs> you know what? Maybe like when all of this uh, lockdown stuff ends, I will actually get a trophy made for you just because... <laughs> Well, actually, I'll, I can send it to you. You'll be able to have it and hold it. I'll be able to like go to a place and order a trophy. It'll be great. And speaking of which, actually, my last thing that I will mention is I think one of our very first episodes, we were having a little fun with how ridiculous the RT awards were because it was always uh-huh. like contemporary friends to lovers historical duke related romance (laughs) or like whatever and so we just like made up our own awards for books that we really liked Mm -hmm. and again it's one of those things that we haven't done again since but i think we might be due for it because it was just very fun to take books that we liked anyway and just make up weird (laughs) awards for them absolutely i'm all for it (laughs) no one has won them since so i think you know it's time it's like the olympics only every few years (laughs) time to pass the trophy exactly but yeah we'll have to we'll have to shift those kinds of activities from being like the olympics to being a little more annual but in the meantime i don't know anything else that you wanted to to shout out from our first few years those were my highlights but you know being able to do this every two weeks occasionally with other people this has been a great three years and i'm sure i could dig around and find some other things but i gotta say my favorite thing about the past three years has been Trisha's title naming. Ah, that's very <laughs> kind. I was actually just thinking to myself, oh, I've written down any possible titles. That's fine. We, we still have time. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah. No, I'm 100% with you. I like, I didn't have to dig at all. These are all just things that came to the top of my head. And so I'm sure that if I did poke around, I'd find five times as many. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just fun to get to do this with you every couple of weeks. And so thanks to everybody who's engaged with us and who reaches out or even just listens. It's a lot of fun. So. So happy anniversary, Jess. Happy anniversary, Trisha. And happy anniversary to those of you who have been with us from the beginning. And welcome aboard to those of you who haven't. Um, We love getting to talk to you either way. (laughs) Exactly. What is the three-year anniversary? Is it like cardboard or glass or something i don't know something between those two first few anniversaries (laughs) i was gonna say i feel like the first few anniversaries are all like cardboard or like are they're all recyclable things yeah right like i don't know i've never been married i have this is my this is the longest relationship of my life jess i'm so glad (laughs) it's with you me too the best and longest i'm honored (laughs) um all right we'll do a quick ad spot and then we will talk a little bit more about so we talked about the past, we'll, we'll move into the future. But before we do, 
Huge thanks to Siri, Who Am I? by Sam Cheetah for sponsoring this episode. Siri, Who Am I? is a smart and edgy romantic comedy about a Kardashians-obsessed woman who wakes up in an L.A. hospital with amnesia, a torn party dress, and a broken iPhone, and must work backward using her own Instagram account to piece together her identity, only to discover her life is a perfect lie. Witty, escapist, and laugh-out-loud funny, Siri, who am I, will have you racing to find out the real truth between Maya for Reels. Also, that's Maya for Reels with a Z. (laughs) It sounds amazing. Siri, who am I, is the widely and wildly anticipated debut of Sam Cheetah. The book has been named to both Pop Sugar and Cosmopolitan's Best Books Coming Out in 2021 list. It's a pitch-perfect satire of our Instagram-obsessed world, from the way we curate our personal images to influencer culture and authenticity. Perfect for fans of romantic comedies like Playing With Matches by Hannah Ornstein, The Hating Game by Sally Thorne, and The Proposal by Jasmine Guillory. So, once again, that's Siri Who Am I by Sam Cheetah. Thanks to to them for, for sponsoring the show. It has, like, almost a little bit of a, like, hangover kind of Oh, yeah. Putting your life back together sort of vibe, which I think is really cool. So I'm excited to check that one out. It sounds like, it sounds very light and fun. And I hope it actually is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us could use light and fun these days. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, it sounds like I think that one might be a debut, Jess, which which perfectly transitions us into something that you had suggested for, for our recommendations section of the show. Yes. And last week, time around we were we talked about anticipated books of 2021 and for the most part we discuss a lot of authors who are very familiar to us and probably pretty familiar to you all because let's be honest we talk about most of them all the time um sure and i was thinking about the fact that i had seen a lot of debut authors announce books coming out this year that I was actually pretty excited for. So I was like, Trisha, we should talk about some of those. And, you know, I went back and some of them have been moved to 2022. So we'll talk about them later. But there were still mm-hmm. some that are are coming out when as planned. And I would love to talk about how excited I am for them and what they are and all of that stuff. Well, excellent. Would you like to start, Jess, or shall I? Why don't you go ahead and go first? All right. Well, the first one that I have on my list is a book called For the Love of April French by Penny Ames. And I will confess, I don't know a lot about this book. I do know it was um, picked up by the Karina Press Adores line. I believe this is Penny Ames' first book. I couldn't find anything else by her. It's possible that she'd done some of her own publishing somewhere along the line. But again, I couldn't find it. I know that this is her first book with um, Karina. Penny Ames is a trans woman who is writing uh, about a trans woman character who is kind of part of a, you know, the description talks about her being a longstanding regular at a kink club. And she's kind of just, you know, feels like she's kind of the scenic rest stop for others on their way to happily ever after is the... um, is the quote here. And then Dennis Martin walks in fresh from Seattle, looking a little lost. And then there's a one night stand. And then maybe things go from there. The The Karina Adores line has been really, I think, great in putting out a lot of 
interesting and, you know, kind of diverse romances in in a way that we have not always seen from mainstream publishing. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm excited about this book because I was like a one night stand that turns into something a little more. But I also think uh, that trans women authors and perspectives are very underrepresented mm-hmm. in mainstream romance and traditionally published romance. And so as much as I'm excited about this book for all of the reasons, one of the reasons that I am also excited is that I would love for us to hear more from people like Penny. And I'm excited to read this one. It's coming out April 24th. So you do have to wait just a little bit. But I think we can all be patient and wait and see what happens. So yeah, so excited about For the Love of April French by Penny Ames. And now I am too. <laughs> right? Yeah, it sounds really good. Like, she's also, yeah, I don't know. There's. It seems like it's, I'm not going to get into it. People could look up the description for themselves, but I think it's going to be great. <laughs> that sounds great. One that I'm excited for is Tin Kim Lam's Happy Endings. And I, I will say that I am vague acquaintance with Tin Kim and we share an agent. So there is that note out there, but I am excited for her book because it is, it kind of does a few things that I think are really cool. Like this is an own voices book about a Vietnamese American woman. And fun fact, I actually um, was introduced to Tin Kim because of her body bookworms company. That's how we met. which is a mostly a subscription box where you get romance novels, sometimes one, sometimes more than one, and toys of the adult persuasion. Um, So that being said, there is also apparently an element of that in this book. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how she builds it into the story that is built around the relationship between the main character and her love interest. It's also set in DC, which is a delight because I love to be I love being able to read books set in DC by people who actually live there. <laughs> and I'm sure Trisha, you also know that feeling. So that is Happy Endings by Tin Ken Lam. Yeah, I am 100% with you, Jess. As much as, you know, I love all of the books set in DC, I very much appreciate anyone that doesn't try to randomly set a metro station in Georgetown, (laughs) which is a classic DC sort of joke. So apologies to anyone who doesn't get it. But (laughs) anyway, yes, I was already excited about that book. And now that I know that you as a DC native are excited about it too, I'm 100% on board. Yes. Unrelated. Uh, except that it's also about books. Jess, do you know what I have learned about myself here? What have you learned? I was a little hesitant about it at first, but what I have learned is that I am a sucker for a bodyguard romance. (laughs) And I have learned it because I was reading this description of A Lady's Formula for Love by Elizabeth Everett, who I'm almost certain is a debut writer. And as it turns out, this is a bodyguard romance. It features, and this is a quote, an enigmatic protection officer. (laughs) which sounds to me like a bodyguard. <laughs> and it's a STEM romance, so it's historical. And I think sometimes folks pretend like there is not, and there are no STEM heroines in romance. There are a ton. If you read Courtney Milan or Alyssa Cole, you know that. But there are maybe not as many as we talk about. Mm-hmm. And so this is a brilliant female scientist who, it's kind of like, 
I think Bane is the Brenda Jackson book where that's contemporary, but there's like a brilliant scientist and then her childhood friend is Bane and he's like also an army ranger or something and he has to protect her. Anyway, the point is, I love a bodyguard. I love a brilliant female scientist. And this is a historical. It is coming out in February. And as I mentioned, I'm just like, it's right up my alley. I like when women just get to be like smart and do great things Mm -hmm. and other people just handle their problems, right? <laughs> like, it's nice to be able to just let somebody else handle the problems. Oh, someone is trying to come after Lady Violet Hughes? Arthur, that's on you. <laughs> like, get it figured out. That's for you to figure out. So anyway, I don't know anything about this. Like, I haven't read this book yet, mm-hmm. but I will be reading it. Uh, and I will let you know how Arthur just solves all of the problems because Lady Violet Hughes is very busy doing science. I look forward to, to hearing about how that all works out. As do I, <laughs> and I will, in A Lady's Formula for Love by Elizabeth Everett. And, you know, speaking of STEM in romance. As we were. I am very excited for Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers, who it's also great to follow on Twitter. But anyway, Honey Girl, which also comes out in February. STEM February in romance, come on. Um, <gasps> Yay! Oh my god, we should make that a thing. Yes. Sorry, that's a different episode. Okay, we'll okay, let's, let, we'll talk about that later. This is a contemporary that I think is actually being marketed as like contemporary fiction or women's fiction as they like to call it. But you know how Trisha and I are about. Uh, um, but anyway, as contemporary fiction with a romantic element, but it is about accidental Vegas marriage. Well, sure. Accidental Vegas marriage. <laughs> and <laughs> You know, I love a good accidental marriage. Over three years, I think we've learned that about you, Jess. <laughs> and apparently she doesn't know the person's name even. So that's, it's, it's like not even just like, you know, we've seen the like friends go to Vegas and accidentally get married, but this is like a legit Vegas wedding. Like, I don't know you, but let's get married. This is sometimes known as the Carrie Underwood paradox. <laughs> Trust me, that's a thing. <laughs> Some of you will get that. I, I love it. And this protagonist is an astronomer. Um, She just finished her PhD in astronomy. So she's very much an astronomer and a STEM person. And uh, space, come on, that's cool. And so you've got science, accidental Vegas wedding, getting to know your wife, queer women of color. Like there's just all these amazing things happening in this book that I am so excited to read about because it just sounds like it's right up my alley and probably right up several of your alleys. So (laughs) Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers, which comes out at the end of February. Hooray. I will link to something so that all of you know what I talked about with Carrie Underwood. It's a real thing. (laughs) It's a real thing. This sounds actually much better and more interesting and full of more interesting characters. But the last name Vegas thing is real. Anyway, (laughs) so Jess, my last book I am so excited about. I never had heard of it actually until today. So I'm so glad that you recommended this topic for us to talk about. It is called Love and Color, Mythical Tales from Around the World Retold. It is by Bolu Babalola. Uh, My apologies to the author. I did poke around to see if I could figure out the correct pronunciation for her name. So if I got it wrong, again, my apologies. But here's the thing, Jess. Mm -hmm. It is short stories. Mm -hmm. It is retellings of folk tales, fairy tales, legends, mythology. A lot of it comes from West Africa, but there are also Greek myths. There are ancient legends from the Middle East. I can't tell you that I'm 100% sure that this is like 
traditional genre romance, but I can tell you that it's short stories based on mythic tales from around the world, per the title. <laughs> and I I feel like we don't talk enough about romance short stories. Mm-hmm. And I, these are love stories. It's, you know, like they're romantic and they're love stories. And I, I think it's going to be really great. Again, I haven't read it. I don't know a ton about it. It came out in the UK last year. And it's coming out in the US on April, I think, 13th. It's definitely coming out in April. It's possible that I pre-ordered it already <laughs> because I just... I love short stories. I love romance. I love mythology. I love folktales. There's nothing about this book that isn't going to be great. (laughs) So I'm very excited about it. It is by Bolu Babalola. It is called Love in Color, Mythical Tales from Around the World Retold. Again, I believe that she is a debut author. I haven't seen other books by her available in the US. So it could be just that she's a US debut author. But either way, it's going to be great. We're all going to read it. At least I am. (laughs) Hopefully you guys will too. I'm excited about it. Well, you know, I'm excited about it now, too, because I love a good short story. Um, I have discovered this about myself after taking a long time away from them after probably reading too many in college. Let's let's be honest. But I love a good short story collection. and I love mythology and folktales and fairy tales. And I love a happy ending. So I am hoping that we will enjoy these together because that sounds great. Hooray. And I think I also follow her on Twitter. So I've if you haven't noticed, I follow everyone on Twitter, apparently. But if I don't follow you on Twitter, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> First, <laughs> I'll talk about my third book that I'm really excited for. It is Sweet Hand, the first book in the Island Bites series by N.G. Peltier. And if I am pronouncing it the French way and your last name is not pronounced the French way, please let me know. And the author is from the Caribbean, and this is set on an island, as might have been hinted by the Island Bites uh, series name. And this is another one of those things that I absolutely love to find. It is a book about two people who have their own messy problems, but have to deal with each other who they don't particularly like because they are the best man and maid of honor at a wedding. So lots of time together that they are very unhappy to spend, but they've got some chemistry, so anything can happen. I'm just really excited about this book, and I also just really love the cover. It's got so much detail in all of this, and it's it's a great one to look at if you're kind of curious about where illustrated covers can go and are going. All three of the books that I talked about actually have amazing covers, and they are all illustrated, painted, whatever word you want to use for that. Um, and that actually makes me think that I need to find some more mass markets with real people on the cover just for contrast. But that's a, that's another thing for another day. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, I'm just I'm really excited about this book. And all three of the books that I've talked about. All the books. <laughs> all the books. And not to be outdone, Love and Color and The Lady's Formula for Love both have be- beautiful covers as well. For the Love of April French, I think does not have a cover yet. Uh, but I have no doubt that it will also be delightful. Yeah, cause, and Karina adores. They, they're doing some good things with their covers. Exactly. So there it is. This was delightful, Jess. We got to talk about the past. We got to talk about the future. Hooray. Hooray. Happy anniversary, Trisha. (laughs) 
and to you and to all of you who are listening. There are so many things that we want to hear from these people. Yes. Tell us what your favorite thing about the past three years has been, if you have one. Or however long you've been listening. Tell us that. Tell us what your uh, romance origin story is. Tell us what books you are trying to find for yourself or for the people that you love enough to recommend romances to. Tell us what books you're excited about. Exactly. Oh, there's so many things. You can tell us at whenandromance at bookriot.com. You can also reach me on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. I am also on Twitter at Trisha Haley Brown, although I am there less. And you can find me on Twitter at Jess's Reading, all one word, and slightly more often than usual on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. I'm trying to get better. <laughs> we are converting you. It's happening. It's happening. Huge thanks to everyone who has done our audio editing over the course of the last three years, but in particular to Jen Zink, who is our regular wonderful audio editor. We would not be this this show would not be nearly as good without the fantastic editing that Jen and Dan and others have done. So huge thanks to those folks. Yes. And I don't know, yeah, I guess like we said, just huge thanks to everybody who listens and lets us do this and engages with us and honestly is just part of the Wind and Romance community. Yes, absolutely. We appreciate you all. Whether you've been around for as many years as we have or have just discovered us and realized how much backlog you have. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awfully fun backlog. It's pretty fun. But in the meantime, you're doing great and happy reading. Happy reading, everybody. 